Welcome to the Business of Influence podcast. I'm your host, Karen White. If you're a creator or a community maker looking to expand your influence, increase revenue, profit and productivity, you're in the right place. Join me every Tuesday to learn strategies to elevate your career as a professional influencer. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. Now let's get started. Hello, Moots. Today we're going to discuss setting out usage rights, also known as publication and distribution rights, when you're quoting for brand campaigns and for when you prepare your influencer's scope of work. In last week's episode, we chatted about how as you become more experienced in working with brands and reading campaign briefs, you'll understand that there's an art to setting out your influencer scope of work, especially when it comes to defining your content deliverables. It's equally important to accurately define the brand's usage rights so that you have clarity and control over your content, legal protection, and you can leverage any extra income opportunities. We've all seen those conversations on social where a brand has used your content or a creator's content without permission or outside of the scope. So setting out usage rights is a really important part of the brand campaign or brand collaboration process. And because you're creating content on different platforms, I'm going to chat about suggested wording for you to use in relation to content that you produce for social media, public appearances, public speaking, and as a media or PR spokesperson. Let's get started by looking at the importance of setting out brand usage rights in your influencer scope of work. I've touched on that briefly in the introduction, but it's important that you fully understand the importance of this and then you'll be able to prioritize it with confidence knowing that it's going to add value to the relationship you have with the brand and potentially look at other income opportunities. So it sets clarity and expectations with the brand. So clearly defined usage rights, make sure that both you and the brand understand how your content will be used. It helps in setting realistic expectations and goes a long way to avoid any misunderstandings. It also gives you control over your content so you can maintain control over where and how your content is used. Well-defined usage rights can also provide legal protection. It helps in avoiding the unauthorized use of your content, which can lead to disputes or legal challenges. Setting out your content rights or your usage rights also gives you some negotiating leverages. You can charge more for broader usage rights, such as allowing the brand to use the content in paid advertising campaigns versus organic reshare of content. And I discuss this more in episode three, 
50 ways to upsell your influencer campaign. And I'll link that for you in the expanded show notes. It's well worth a listen if you're looking to increase your income from your brand campaigns. You can also negotiate the duration for which your content can be used by the brand. In other words, the term. Limiting the timeframe can prevent content from being overused or dated. And I discussed this more in episode six, how to prepare an influencer scope of work. We're going to just gloss over some of the subjects that we've discussed in previous episodes so we can get into the meaty part of this episode. So a few more points. Usage rights in relation to exclusivity agreements. Setting out usage rights helps in managing exclusivity agreements with other brands. Making sure that you don't inadvertently breach campaign contracts by having conflicting usage of your content. So perhaps you've done a campaign for someone, a drink brand, let's say a a soft drink brand, and you've allowed that content to be used for three months And then you sign a contract for a competitor in that vertical, so a new soft drink brand, and all of a sudden you've got two pieces of content in market from conflicting brands or competitor brands. This isn't great for you as a creator, and it's certainly not great for the brands either. So usage rights play an important role in managing that reputational risk that you have as well. And on the subject of reputation management, by controlling when and how your content is used, you can better manage your reputation and align with brands that reflect your values and your image. So you might have done a piece of content with a brand and you think, this this isn't a brand I'd ordinarily work with, but you know what, you've really limited the usage rights. So that's going to get pushed out of the feed pretty quickly and you can move on and think, "Mm, I've learned my lesson from that one. And you're not going to have that piece of content floating around for much longer than you would like. And finally, creative control. When setting out your usage right, you can put in some conditions regarding how your content is edited or altered, and this ensures the integrity and originality of your work. As we move into the episode now, I want you to imagine you're writing these usage rights in response to a brand requesting a quote from you, or you're preparing your scope of work. All the done-for-you wording will be available for you to copy and paste in the expanded show notes, so there's no need for you to write them down today. You can check the link at the end of the episode for the reference material, so just settle in and listen. As we discuss the usage rights, you'll hear me refer to the term in many examples. This is the duration of the campaign And it's important that it is included in your quote and your scope of work. Again, listen back to episode six on how to prepare an influencer scope of work. And this will help you with setting out your term for a campaign. I'll be discussing examples for organic, paid and extended usage rights. You'll need to consider what rights you're extending to the brand and whether you have priced these rights accordingly. I'm going to say that again. 
you'll need to consider what rights you're extending to the brand and whether you've priced them accordingly. Defining your usage rights is a big part of your campaign pricing strategy. So it's something where you need to stay focused and thinking about what you're giving to the brand and what you're receiving in return. You'll also need to consider the brand brief to make sure your usage rights are properly defined. The suggested wording that I'm going to give you in the episode is a good start, but you'll still need to make sure it covers you for the work requested by the brand. So if they've supplied you with a brief or an email or any material, cross-check what we're discussing today back to the information provided by the brand. And this gives you an excellent opportunity to upsell any rights before finalising your quote and your scope of works. Finally, negotiating paid and extended usage rights can be a little tricky when you're first starting out. If you have questions or need assistance with wording your usage rights, join the Moots Facebook group for direct support from me. I'd be happy to help you out in the group and I'll link the group at the end of the episode in the show notes. Let's get into setting out usage rights for social media posts now. I want you to write a title that says organic and then you're going to put wording like this next to that title. Non-exclusive right to organically republish and share the content created by the talent, which is you, on its social media platforms. This right is limited, and you can specify duration here. You could say the term, or for a maximum of four continuous weeks, or whatever period is appropriate. From the date of first publication by the talent, and must include proper credit to the talent in each instance of use. Notice there I used four continuous weeks instead of four weeks. If you are not specifying the term, you only want the brand to use the content during a campaign period. You don't want them to come back to you six months down the track and said, hey, you said we could use this for four weeks and we only used it for one week. That's when we get into that potential conflicting brand and reputational zone. It's not a great period. So by stating four continuous weeks or two continuous weeks or however many, but making the statement that it has to be continuous weeks, you will know when that brand usage is going to start and end. If you're giving paid rights to the brand, you're going to write the word paid and then you're going to write a couple of sentences that will go something like this. Non-exclusive right for paid distribution to republish and share the content created by the talent on brand-owned and third-party social media platforms. That right is limited to, and again we specify the duration, from the first date of publication by the influencer and must include proper credit to the talent in each instance of use. And our final usage rights for social media post, you're going to write extended usage rights and extended usage rights available by separate request and quote. I always recommend including this line in your quote or scope of works 
as it's a call to action for the brain to inquire about pricing for additional usage rights. So you might have granted the brand just organic republication rights, but you're giving them a window of opportunity to say, you know what, we want to extend these rights, we want to do some paid distribution as well, we want to boost this content, you're opening up your quote for discussion and an upsell there. So do try to get in the habit of including that line in your quote. Now let's move into setting out usage rights for blog posts. You're going to write the word organic and wording like license for publication on the brand's website, put the URL link in there, for two years after which the talent reserves the right to request the removal of content. Still in the organic section, you're going to start a new sentence that says, includes the non-exclusive right to organically republish and share the content created by the talent on its social media platforms. This right is limited. Again, we put in the duration, whether it's the term or a maximum four continuous weeks or whatever period is appropriate from the date of first publication and must include proper credit to the talent in each instance of use. There's a couple of things there that we've included in these organic usage rights for blogs. You've noticed that we've allowed the brand to use content on their website for two years and then you can potentially request the removal. I like to include this because you might have done a piece of content or produced a piece of content for a brand and it was just part of a small campaign. Uh, You might have done a listicle for your top 10 makeup finds for a cosmetic brand, whatever it is. They've published that content and it was a one-off piece. But now you've grown your brand, you've secured a really great ambassador campaign with a competitor and you don't want that content popping up anymore you can then go back to the brand and ask for it to be removed it just gives you a nice little buffer that if something happens with the brand they might have some reputational damage as well you can go back and say please pull this content down and the second point I want to make is that you'll notice that we've given the brand the opportunity to reshare the blog content on its social media channels, which is usual course of business. Naturally, if you're required to share that, that would be an upsell that I'd be negotiating with the brand. But you want to give them permission in the usage rights that they can go across and share that content organically on their social media channels. Let's look at the variation for paid usage rights for blog posts. You're going to start off with the same statement. So it would be along the lines of license for publication on the brand's website after which the talent reserves the right to request removal of content. Same, same as what you did for organic. Then we're going to have that new sentence in there around sharing to socials. And you're going to write something like, includes the non-exclusive right to feature reference or quote content from the talent's blog post on brand-owned and third-party social media and digital platforms. This right is limited, and that's where we put in the duration, so the term or four continuous weeks or whatever period is appropriate from the date of first publication and must include proper credit to the talent in each instance of use. So quite similar to what we did in sharing for social, it's 
fairly consistent as we work through the different usage rights. You'll see a lot of similarities in the terms that we use, which certainly makes it a lot easier for you to get in the habit of defining your usage rights. And the same extended usage rights for blog posts. You pop in a line that says extended usage rights and extended usage rights are available by separate request and quote. I don't really want to turn this into an episode about upsells because we have a very good episode on 50 upsells for your influencer campaign, but upselling blog rights is really easy. You can sell in newsletter inclusions in your own newsletter to your own newsletter subscribers. You can upsell sharing that content onto your own social channels. There's good easy ways for you to upsell usage rights for blog posts. And it goes back to what I said earlier. They are a great source of income. And you can really set yourself apart as a creator by offering this as a content option. Now we're going to move into setting out usage rights for public appearances. Use this if you're producing content in relation to a PR event or a campaign that includes social content as well as a live event activation. Uh, You might have been invited to a movie premiere or the theatre or the brand's opening a new retail presence. You might be going to the Australian Open, somewhere fantastic, I don't know. But you're going to a PR event and there's a very good chance you are going to be having your photo taken. You want to make sure that you understand how that is going to be used and the brand understands what rights they have in relation to usage of your photo taken at the event. Might not only be a photo, you might have been caught on camera and given some vox pops, some quotes and recorded. So you don't want to give too much away for free. Sometimes you just want to do it for fun and that's totally okay too. This is only to be used in the case where It's part of a commercial agreement. Let's look at the organic usage now for public appearances. You'll want to write something like allowance for two to three photo opportunities to leverage appearance at the event with media titles. Then you're going to write something like organic use of event photos featuring the talent on brand-owned social media channels. This is giving the brand the opportunity to have you snap by the paparazzi and repost the photos on their socials. You might also want to put a term in there, limit the republication of that content for a certain period of time. That's something you would certainly need to use your judgment on. Let's have a look at the paid usage rights. So you're going to write paid and then something like rights for Publication of event photos featuring the talent on brand-owned and third-party social media and digital channels. And you're definitely going to put a right in here. So you'll write something like, this right is limited to specify the duration. Again, you can say the term or a maximum of four continuous weeks or whatever period is appropriate from the date of first publication. And you may also want to specify that it should include mention or credit of the talent in each use. What you're permitting here is for the brand to have photos taken of you at the event and then use that for advertising the event or whatever the activation is. 
So there's a big difference between getting a freebie to go to a show or have some PR, going along, perhaps producing a little bit of content, some stories, whatever it is that you've agreed to do. And it's a leap from that to then the brand taking that content, either taken by you or a third-party photographer and leveraging that for advertising. So that's where you've got to be careful with public appearances in specifying usage rights. Then we'll put in our favourite line about extended usage rights. So extended usage rights available by separate request, end quote. The final set of usage rights we're going to chat about today is usage rights for being a media spokesperson. You might be surprised to hear that I'm often asked about pricing campaigns for influencers, creators, talent to act in the capacity of a media spokesperson. Usually as a media spokesperson, you're quoting the brand to provide a selection of written quotes so they can use that in articles or wherever. You might be asked to appear in interviews for print and online media. It might extend to television and potentially responding to requests for interviews with journalists. This type of work, so being a media spokesperson, needs to be well scoped. It's an extension of an ambassador role sometimes, or it's simply a standalone media spokesperson role. It probably warrants its own episode because the nuances of this type of work are quite detailed. But to get the ball rolling, I'm going to get you started with usage rights wording for being a media spokesperson. And we're just going to use one line here. You're going to write usage rights and something like non-exclusive right for the brand to use talent content in the campaign, media releases and activity. This usage is limited directly to the specified campaign for the campaign term or a maximum of, again, we put in our duration and must include reference to the talent as agreed. There's a couple of things you might have picked up in this wording. We're giving the brand rights to use the content specifically in relation to a campaign. You don't want the brand having material that you've created and reusing that for future campaigns that are outside the scope of what you've priced for in this work. And we're stating that you need to be referred to in a particular way. So you can nominate to the brand how you would like to be referred to in a media release or an interview. For example, For me, if I was doing a media interview, I would reference myself as Karen White, Agency Director at the Business of Influence. You might want to refer to yourself as Mary Smith, blogger and influencer, or you might want to refer to yourself as your name and accredited dietitian, whatever it is. But you can, in these usage rights, specify how you would like to be referred to and that protects your brand reputation as well. Just as we did in last week's episode, we've covered off a lot of information today. I know it's a lot. Usage rights are so important though. It's 
integral to how you earn your money and how your content is valued. So whilst this subject isn't as fun and as exciting as some of the other topics that we might touch on, it is something that as you build your career as a professional influencer, you want to get across. If you want to discuss wording for your usage rights with myself and perhaps some other creators, as I mentioned earlier, join us in the Moots Facebook group. You can search Facebook groups for Moots, build your career as a professional influencer, or check the show notes for the link. You'll find all of the episode resources, including two freebies, the influencer checklist for preparing a scope of work, and 50 campaign upsells, one of our most popular pages on the website plus the Moots Facebook group and any other recommended resources in the expanded show notes at thebusinessofinfluence.com forward slash EP26. In that will be all of the wording used in today's episode for you to copy and paste into your own scope of work. Next week, we're changing the pace a little bit. I have a juicy episode for you when I'm going to discuss whether or not influencers are trustworthy. Until then, stay creative.